Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I used to think time was my enemy. My future wasn't looking good. So worried about the things I couldn't see I couldn't see the things I could I was aging fearfully Worrying my life away When all along I should have been Thankful for every day Finally made a friend of time Now you could say that I'm Aging gratefully Aging gratefully Live from the rolling hills of the beautiful Tennessee Valley at the foothills of the Great Smoky Mountains across this amazing nation and spanning the universe you're listening to Aging Gratefully. I'm your host gerontologist Holly Kelly bringing you exceptional guests and novel information to ensure you live full, age dynamically, and embrace each extraordinary day for the incredible gift it is. Welcome, everyone, to the Aging Gratefully Show. We're here every Friday on the CTR Network at 11 a.m. Pacific Time. So hello, everyone, and so glad you're tuning in to Aging Gratefully today. We have a wonderful show lined up with a returning guest to the show I know you'll thoroughly enjoy. So, so glad you're here. And I hope wherever you are this beautiful Friday that you're loving the life you're in and that you're appreciating the beauty and bounty that life has to offer. If not, I invite you to pause, to breathe right now, to just take a moment and let time pause for a spell. Let the chaos be still and just let any worries you have take a back seat. Remember that life really is an attitude. That's my Twitter handle, by the way. And if you want to find me and follow me there, because I just feel that's a great philosophy to live by and catch up with me. You know, we can so easily get overcome by circumstances and events that life can become consuming. But we hold the power, you know, we actually are in control because of our thoughts and I always say, this is my quote I use so often, our minds are the steering wheel that drive the car of life. Yes, I do love cars, and I pass that enthusiasm on to my son. There's a reason he's so deeply entrenched into motorsports and at a racing school. But seriously, 
we can control our thinking and thus our life experiences. I talk about this so much in my book, Sunrises and Sunsets, Final Affairs Forged with Flair, Finesse, and Functionality. How do you write a book that is for people to prepare for end of life and expect them to read it? Well, you have to certainly shift their thinking, for goodness sakes, and make it fun. And I feel I did overcome those two obstacles in the book. But that is what we should be doing in life every single day, is to shift our thinking from any frustration, overwhelming chaos, intense stress, and to make things fun. In my family, we laugh a lot. If you listen to the podcast, We Are Family, my mother and my brother and me, well, you learned that we really do laugh a lot, even perhaps when we shouldn't. But laughter is really the best medicine. So right now I'm prescribing a few things for you this week and we'll continuing on for the year. I want you to put a big smile on your face right now. Smile wherever you are because, well, people will wonder why, and that's kind of cool. And you will start a smile frenzy, an epidemic, because smiles are contagious. Plus, I want you to laugh more, to be light. Life is not meant to be dreary, to be awful, to be dreaded. Life is meant to be lived in the spirit of happiness with a good heart and with goodwill. But furthermore, let me share this. When scientists began tracking the health of 268 Harvard sophomores in 1938 during the Great Depression, they hoped for longitudinal, this study would reveal clues to leading healthy and happy lives. And they got more than they wanted. They found out the cornucopia of data on physical and mental health. Quote, the surprising finding is that our relationships and how happy we are in our relationships has a powerful influence on our health, said Robert Waldinger, director of the study, a psychiatrist at the Massachusetts General Hospital and professor of psychiatry at Harvard Medical School. Quote, taking care of your body is important, but tending to your relationships is a form of self-care, too. That, I think, is the revelation. Close relationships more than money or, or fame are what keep people happy throughout their lives, the study revealed. Those ties protect people from life's discontents, help to delay mental and physical decline, and are better predictors of long and happy lives than social class, IQ, or even genes. Quote, when we gathered together everything we knew about them at age 50, it wasn't their middle age cholesterol levels that predicted how they were going to grow, said Waldinger in a popular TED talk. It was how satisfied they were in their relationships. The people who were the most satisfied in their relationships at age 50 were the healthiest at age 80. So I got that from Harvard.edu. With that, it just proves that life is really made of the stuff money can't buy. By the way, uh, I want to remind you of something else before uh, I forget, and uh, that is, I know you can say it with me by now, age is just a number. I haven't told you that lately. Uh, and I want you to define your life uh, by uh, not your chronological number, and I want you to also what? 
never act your age. We don't do that around here. We age gratefully. That's uh, G-R-E-A-T, capital F-U-L-L, little Y, and G-R-A-T-E, F-U-L-L-Y, and gracefully, several ways we do that around here. So our reading for today uh, is Intentional Aging with Flare Finesse and Functionality. I want to go ahead and um, we'll start our show traditions. This is on my blog. You can find this at LadderLifePlanningInstitute.com. Stop. Wait a minute. Be silent. Breathe. Exhale. Do you know what happened in that infinitesimal moment of your existence? It collectively transpired to everyone, to me, to you, and all living things. Everyone, everything, simultaneously, just aged. Much like breathing, aging is proceeding without our conscious attention. And how wonderful for us. It signifies we're experiencing the most amazing gifts, opportunities, and adventures of life moments. But are you aging unpremeditated or intentionally and mindfully? There's a difference. How we age and view aging for that matter tremendously affects our life experience and overall health. Mindful, conscious aging can make each and every day more meaningful while at the same time thwart off potential health risks, ailments, and diseases. Living a well-intended life while taking time for yourself along the way is a wonderful recipe for dynamic aging. There's more to your age than your chronological number. I call it perspective aging. It is more than a number of years that have passed since your birth, but more how you view yourself through the aging process and how it relates to and affects your life experience. I have some tips to help you live and transcend yourself to a more youthful you in mind, body, and spirit. How do you live and age consciously? It's actually pretty simple. Here's some of my tips for extraordinary and purposeful aging with flair, finesse, and functionality. Stop, think, breathe, even meditate in your own way. Take time to be still and be conscious of your body and relax. Listen to your body work. Hear your breathing. Become aware of yourself in silence for a few moments each day. Find ways to incorporate activities and exercise into your daily routine, including stretching and good posture. Walk outside. Look at the beauty around you. In fact, while you're walking, try to find something new that you pass each day and actually notice it, admire it, treasure, engage with it. This will deepen your connection with your environment and create new awareness and appreciation for your surroundings. Get plenty of sleep, hydrate yourself, and be conscious of your dietary needs to ensure you are providing your body the basic elements of important necessities and nutrition. You may consider dietary supplements, vitamins, or protein-type drinks for added benefits. Smile, be happy, laugh, even when you are alone. If it feels strange, do it anyway. Think of a happy memory or a joke. When in public, greet strangers with eye contact, a salutation, or hello. Being happy and engaging is healthy and makes others feel good, too. But most of all, smiling and laughter makes you feel more positive, reduces stress, and is in a great way for your well-being. Be sure you are also exercising your mind. Do crossword puzzles, Sudoku, solitaire, chess, read, study subjects of interest. Keep your brain thinking sharp, creative. Our brains actually shrink. Brain cells decrease with age. Keep that beautiful mind of yours working, creating, analyzing, and informed. Find your hobby. Do more of what fulfills you. This will be most enriching and soothe your mind, body, and spirit. If you enjoy working with wood, create an environment that allows you to delve into this hobby 
If you enjoy sewing, get excited about a project you want to create and conquer. Whatever interests you, engage in it and create a place where you can actually enjoy it. Be social. Too much isolation is not healthy for anyone. So attend luncheons, host dinners, volunteer, join a club, meet friends. Life is meant to be shared and enjoyed with others. Create your bucket list and what I created in Sunrises and Sunsets, Final Affairs Forge with Blair Finesse functionality as the kick the bucket list. Set a template for a well-celebrated life moving forward while handling unfinished business to prepare for your final journey. There's more of this on sunrisesandsunsetsbook.com. Aging is a fact of life and a gift of life. Live life out loud in 3D brilliant color. It's not that we age, but more how we age that is essential and paramount. Be conscious of your aging perspectives, attitudes, and journey. And make sure you do it with flair, finesse, and functionality. So our alphabet soup for the psyche, quote, always related to our guests, quote, you can't help getting older, but you don't have to get old. That's by George Burns. You can find the alphabet soup for the psyche and my blog by visiting my website, latterlifeplanninginstitute.com. That's L-A-T-T-E-R, lifeplanninginstitute.com. Our show dedication, also always related to the guest we have, it is a verb, aging. Aging is spelled two ways. British English is A-G-E-I-N-G. You've probably noticed that. And American English, A-G-I-N-G, is the process of becoming older. In the narrow sense, the term refers to biological aging of human beings, animals, and other organisms. In the broader sense, aging can refer to single cells within an organism, cellular senescence, or to the population of a species, population aging. So there's your hints for today's guests. And it's that time. Rhonda Caudell is a nurse and certified care manager who has over 20 years experience helping seniors plan their future aging years for the best outcomes when her own parents began to age. She quickly learned what successfully worked with seniors did not work with parents. Once she figured out why it didn't work and the strategic steps that were missing, she was able to turn her failure into success personally and for hundreds of other adults with a parent. These adults get relief from the stress, struggles, and communication mistakes when parents are aging as they apply a process to equip their parent to live their later years with purpose, partnership, and a plan. This life-changing equipping process for adults with an aging parent, she now teaches in online courses in her own Endless Legacy Academy. You can visit her at www.endlesslegacy.com. Welcome, Rhonda Caudell, to Aging Gratefully. So glad you're here. Thank you, Holly. I'm glad to be here, and I appreciate the invitation. Well, you're a returning guest, so that's always really cool. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I feel at home now. You are, I know. Uh, So um, delighted to have you come back, and we had such a great conversation during the first show, and you have new things going on, so and some changes with what you offer in the aging parent 
genre. So um, just so happy that uh, we get to continue the conversation in the important work that you do. Right. I am appreciating it as well. It's um, been quite a journey for me over the last six years and making a few transitions, but it's all for good reason. Well, it's so important that people have help navigating through the process because when this happens, it's often without notice and people need help. So in order to be, you know, certainly clear, you now work with adults who have a parent who is aging, not necessarily the senior or elder themselves. Is that correct? That is right. That's one of the big shifts that I made over about six years ago when I spent over 20 years helping seniors directly and helping them plan their future and what their aging years would look like. And then I discovered going through it myself with my parents that there was a lot of difference between the two. And so I really wanted to start working with adults who were experiencing all the stress and struggles that I went through and I knew they were going through and teach them ways to overcome all that. And it was just a totally different teaching model altogether. I knew they were busy. They had families. They had jobs. So what I developed for them was more online courses and more video conferencing and phone conferencing so that it makes it a lot easier for them to access the information and the training and the teaching that they need and the support. So let me ask you this. What is it like working with, do you find that the uh, the children of grown parents that are needing the help, do you find that they're more receptive to this and that they are in a position of really needing the guidance and direction? I think they are receptive. Um, I think you have two different groups, people who are proactive and they want to avoid problems and those people who only respond and react to immediate problems or immediate crisis. I certainly have seen that the people who are more proactive and they want to know about the problems in advance, and they want to know how to resolve them before there's a lot of crisis going on, they seem to have much better outcomes for their parent because we all know anybody from the medical field or related to it in any way that once the crisis starts and the, the predictable future hasn't had things built in to prevent that, then that does cause them to lose a lot of their independence. And they begin to lose a lot of physical and mental abilities that they didn't expect. So the proactive adult or the, the proactive child with a parent who is ready to get started and create that plan together to prevent a lot of these crises is going to have a lot better outcomes down the road. Oh, and both of us in the work that we do, it is always so important to try to address these issues prior to the crisis point. There's so many more options when you do that. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So why do you feel it's important for adults with aging parents to get the training and the teaching? Well, I have to just say it's based on my own experience. 
because I was a nurse since college, I have always worked with senior adults. It was really my passion. I just totally came late to the party, so to speak, when my parents began to age. And it's like, oh, duh, they don't have a plan either. But then when I began to to try and plan for them and share all my wonderful experience and knowledge with them, well, you know, they didn't want to hear that. They They still saw me as the child, and they didn't think I really knew what I was talking about. So it was like all the bells and whistles going off in my head. Oh, wow. You know, adults really do need some help here because I'm sure they're all here at this stalemate between their parent and they're not making any progress forward. They're just still seeing each other as they always have and the relationship is as it's always been. So there's some things that have to shift and some some different perspectives that they have to acquire for them to successfully help their parent plan that future. Mm-hmm. Do you have any success stories of where somebody has come to you and utilized the tools or the training through uh, your endless legacy and you've been able to assist them in a positive yeah, outcome? Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. I do. I um, I don't always give out names because of there's course. a Privacy. lot of clients, you know, I work with and, the, and they don't want their name given out. But um, just recently, I had a couple of daughters go through the course and one was already experiencing with her dad a lot of pushback and she was well-educated and very experienced in her field of expertise and um you know he again saw her i think as a baby much like my dad saw me over the years and really wasn't listening and couldn't figure out why she had so many questions or why she was even imposing herself and after going through the course she really one of the things that she said to me was you know it's really quite simple when you know the process or you know exactly what to say and just make some small tweaks in the way that you say it and that the way that you listen to the answer and not necessarily impose your views. So I thought that was, you know, a good insight that that she shared. Um, There was another daughter that recently took a course and she was about to move her mom in her home. Her mom's sight was failing and and lived in another state, and she was beginning to need more and more help, and and this particular daughter was working in in my state. So she was really becoming very anxious over the prospect of that whole thing and how she was going to help her. And once she was able to work through the course and – get her mom down here and start applying some of the information. Basically, what she said to me was she knew everything was going to change and she knew that it had to start with a relationship. And after she went through the class, she had a greater sense of what to expect and how to help and encourage her mom while not, you know, putting her own life to the side, but still being able to continue her own her own life and having that opportunity for some expert information helped her get through a lot of hard places that, you know, she was confronted with with all that new life stage. 
So could you share with listeners what are the strategic steps um, that you figured out that work so well? Yeah, let me go through um, five steps that I normally concentrate on in my most recent course. And the first step is instilling that sense of purpose for your parents' later years. And this is important because as someone's aging, there are a lot of losses from job loss to maybe spouse loss, other friends, neighbors, maybe physical loss, maybe some mental loss. But basically just the the fact of losing a lot of things is very overwhelming. And so helping your parent instill in them a new sense of purpose for the for the next few years and the next few and the next few after that is is usually the first step. And then to uncover together what their future dreams are or their wishes, their desires for their later years or their ongoing aging years, wherever they are in that stage. Once you're able to help them identify that, then it's much easier to have the what is the money situation because you're you're now not sounding like a nosy adult child that may be only interested in their money but you're trying to identify and locate their money so that you can help them figure out how to fund those dreams, desires, and wishes that you've all just uncovered. And then it becomes a much easier conversation after you have established those dreams. So that's the second uh, strategic step. And it doesn't necessarily have to be second. It may be third. But once you start instilling the purpose and begin to form a partnership, then these other four can be in different orders. But identifying the best living accommodation for now and the future is is usually the third step because after all my years of working with seniors, 99.5% of them wanted to stay in their home till the day they died. Mm-hmm. And that's not uncommon. Correct. So you have to identify, well, let's figure out how long we can keep you here and what all do we need to do to make that happen if that's your goal. And then, worst case scenario, if for legitimate reasons it's no longer feasible, then go ahead and already know and have what plan B is, what are the alternatives after that so that you're exploring those alternatives before you need them, even if you don't ever need them. Mm-hmm. And then recognizing their personal and medical care needs, all those options and costs, some of that could be related to helping them stay in their home. Mm-hmm. And I know I get a lot of people who say my parents are resistant to any care help. They don't think they need help or they don't think they need care so just understanding the difference between personal personal and medical care needs is the, kind of like the first step to that step. And then uh, coming up with all the options of how those might could be met as needed. And again, the parent is going to be more receptive if you talk about these things before they actually are in need. And then lastly, Um, I teach them to honor your parents' past with a plan for their possessions. And a lot of adults don't understand that's one of the biggest reasons that keeps their parent in the home is because they don't know what to do with all their stuff. 
Mm. And they can't imagine <laughs> yes. getting rid of it. Oh, so, yes. So That's we, huge. We approach it. Yeah, it is huge. Mm-hmm. And we approach it with honoring their path, honoring their mementos and and all of that stuff, no matter what it is, you know, to them it has a different meaning than it may to us as the adults. So create a plan for those possessions. And, and most people think of that at end of life. Well, it really needs to happen early, just like all of these things that we talked about, because it can be the impediment to their future and you not really realize it if you didn't, you know, know these things. That is such a tough area. The honoring the mementos is important and dealing with all of the physical items that people collect over the years is Mm -hmm. very challenging. Um, Yes, it is. And it's, it carries so many memories and there is such emotional attachment. I've been talking about that on shows lately. Uh, I've been actually working through that myself getting rid of a lot of things because got a child off at college and really doing a lot of sorting around here. And what I'm finding, unless it catches up with my kids later, my children aren't attached to things from their youth. Right. My children or, or, and I I hate to generalize, but this generation, the younger generation uh, is not, they're in the present more from at least my kids are and uh the things that they're not attached my kids are not attached to their stuff i'm attached to their stuff and (laughs) i i have memories with their things and so i really um sat down and um made challenging decisions and decided to get rid of a lot of their stuff that I had fond memories of, but it it was meaningless to them. And so I mm-hmm. moved through all of that stuff and uh, gave it to other people to enjoy and gave it to Goodwill and let a lot of other kids uh, have a lot of nice stuff because uh, it didn't need to be here. And, um, and that's, and that's the thing, you know, rather than being at any point in time disappointed and hurt over your, own children's reactions to your potential gift for them or you're indeed going ahead and trying to give to them, rather than experiencing all of that, then have the joy of gifting, like you say, someone else or even goodwill or any charity like that that you don't really know the person, but it's the joy and the freedom in your in your heart and in your mind that now that stuff's gone and you're making space for a new purpose and a new beginning for yourself. Mm -hmm. And it is so, and I do have my mother on board to that because I, you know, I have this in my book to so important to do this because at the end of life, there is so many other things to deal with. We collect so much over the years and I write articles on this. It is daunting to go through other people's thing not things items not to mention the guilt associated with purging other people's mementos it is really a nice gift for people to do this themselves so i know we're kind of side borrowing here but that that number five that number five is tough because yeah, it, ends it, up, it ends up being stuck on someone else if people don't do it themselves and yeah uh, it's really tough 
Yeah, so we have a whole module on each of these five steps, and within all the modules, there's anywhere from four to five sections. So there's a lot to be said and a lot to learn about each of these five steps. So your courses um, for adults with a parent, um, uh, last time you had one course, so how many courses do you have now? I now have two. Mm-hmm. I still have the first one. It The title of the first course is Relationship Restart. It's five critical steps to gain parent collaboration. And oftentimes an adult child would be interested in this course if they have challenges related to communication and they really need some kind of healing or shift in that relationship before they can take on that bigger conversation of co-creating the plan for the future. And also families who have um, siblings and there's communication challenges among the siblings and there's maybe never really been a time that, that you communicated with your parent on a plane below the surface. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that first course, and, and I think we did talk about it at the last um, time that we got together on your show, was more about shifting a relationship, learning about aging so that you can get a feel for what your parent is going through, and that helps you to look at the relationship differently and communicate differently. And the course that um, I have in addition to this course now is title plan together for the best aging journey and it's a step-by-step process those five steps to equip you the adult to help your parent with purpose partnership and a plan and that's so they will live those later years and not just hope and wait and try to adjust to whatever event is happening which is what we see so many families do and it's just really not the best course of action Hmm, very nice. And it is a journey. It is definitely is a journey. Mm-hmm. So is it ever too late to, um, well, I guess, what is the right age to begin the planning process? Is there one? Well, I, that's funny you ask that because recently I wrote a blog post myself. Um, I think it was maybe two or three days ago on my mm-hmm. blog at EndlessLegacy.com. And I kind of divided the the journey, the aging journey between beginning, middle, and ongoing aging. And I started it at 65 to 75 as the beginning, 76 to 85 as the middle stage of the journey, and then 85 and above as the ongoing aging journey. But and I, I really have to say it's going to depend on your parent. If they don't have a plan, then start, start mm-hmm. now. If your parent has a diagnosis of some kind of dementia or other brain disease that they're not really able to communicate adequately about their um, desires and dreams, like we talked about, for instance, then those particular sections may you may struggle with. But you're still going to need the living accommodations now in the future. You're still going to need personal and medical care needs, options, and costs. You're still going to need that plan for their possession. Um, so I guess the only reason it could be too late is that if all those things are already in place, 
maybe you're not totally satisfied with them and you would want some help or consulting about what to do about that, that, you know, I could certainly help people with that. It wouldn't be a course because it's so individualized. But for the most part, whatever age they're in, whatever number their age in that journey, these are the five steps that need to be planned out so that they do have the best journey for them and is individualized for their situation. And they don't know how to do this on their own. They don't have the skills. If they already had a plan, they're going to be telling you about it because they're going to want you to know. Mm-hmm. But most people, they don't they don't get any information, so they can safely assume there is no plan. <laughs> Correct. Yes. So we're going to take a commercial break and then continue the conversation. You're listening to Aging Gratefully. I'm your host, gerontologist Holly Kelly. We'll be back right after this. Weiss, a gerontologist from Ball Ground, Georgia, and I love listening to the Aging Gratefully Show every Friday with gerontologist Holly Kelly. Sunrises and sunsets. Final Affairs Forged with Flair, Finesse, and Functionality is a delightful book for every adult of any age and any stage. This multi-award-winning book written by gerontologist Holly Kelly is a soul-soothing journey and novel approach to completing your personal affairs and advanced care planning. Readers are calling it transformative, life-changing, and fun. Prepare lovingly, plan thoughtfully, live dynamically. Available on Amazon and most bookstores. Author autograph copies are available at sunrisesandsunsetsbook.com where you can subscribe, register for a workshop, and more. I'm Elaine Grace, and I'm from Sugar Hill, Georgia, and I love listening to Aging Gratefully every Friday with gerontologist Holly Kelly. The Ladder Life Planning Institute is the ultimate guidance for life's inevitable destiny and your path to passionate aging and inspirational advanced care planning. LLPI offers tools that educate, inspire, and enlighten. Live vibrantly, plan thoughtfully, age dynamically. Visit LLPI for business and individual consulting services. Professional and keynote speaking, books, workshops, education, webinars and resources llpi is here to transform your ladder life living today visit them at ladderlifeplanninginstitute.com live extraordinary age dynamically visit ladderlifeplanninginstitute.com Listening to Aging Gratefully, and I have with me today Rhonda Caudell, and she's a nurse and certified care manager. You can catch up with her at endlesslegacy.com. 
So go visit her. And let me ask you, Rhonda, what can people expect when they visit your website? On my website is a little bit about me, a little bit about my past professional and personal journey uh, with seniors and aging parents. And then I have a work with me page. It will describe in more detail my two courses and what the outcomes of both courses are and um, a little bit of summary as to what the course, what we're trying to achieve in the course. And then um, I also have a crisis consultation if someone is in a current crisis with their parent and they really are confused maybe about the whole medical process and what to do next. I do accept calls for crisis consultation. There's some information on that work with me page as well. I do also work with people who parent has dementia of some kind, Alzheimer's disease, vascular dementia, and they want some support and education around how to help a parent. In that scenario, that is available as a one-on-one consultation as well. I have a blog that I've been writing, Holly, now for, I think, five years. So there's a ton of information, totally free, um, that you can get off of my blog and the articles that I have written over the years, all to do with aging parents. And I do speaking periodically, not only online, like we're doing here this interview, but um, I do webinars. Some people call them seminars because I do them online. I mostly mm-hmm. call them a webinar. I have one coming up soon um, that really will be some teaching points from this Plan Together course. So um, I do I do a, a little bit of live speaking more so in the area where I'm known most around where I've lived. But um, and I find too that these parent these adults who have an aging parents we talked about earlier they're so busy not many of them have time to even go to a seminar or a workshop or something of that effect and and that's another reason why I, I just decided to convert my workshops and seminars I used to do and get this information online so. On their time frame, their schedule, they still can get the the training and the teaching that they need to to help them in this journey. Mm-hmm. And they can access it when at their leisure when they their schedule aligns. That's great. Yeah, once they register, and the best way to register at this point is to send me an email. Um, it's Rhonda R H O N D A at endless legacy.com and there's also a contact form on the website if you missed that email but if people just email me directly that you're interested in the course then I can send you the registration information we can talk more about it you may have other questions and I am starting this latest course after the webinar I'm going to start a group together because what I want to do is have some live calls associated with that course and be able to answer people's questions live as they're going through the course. So I'm happy to get people that information as well if they would just email me. Okay, wonderful. All right, so that's uh, R-H-O-N-D-A at EndlessLegacy.com if they're interested in that course. So, uh, yes, a plethora of information there. 
And uh, it's interesting. I was talking to one of my clients um, working on end-of-life planning yesterday, and they were so frustrated uh, just kind of venting with their parent yesterday. And they it, it almost gets toxic sometimes, these relationships. And mm-hmm. uh, they the parent was alienating this son because they were so negative in their place in life. They were so grumpy. They were so miserable. And there's always that one child that seems to be the child that does everything for the parent. But there seems, you know, in this particular case, and I hear this a lot when I'm working um, with people, that it almost is lacking gratitude for all of the giving. And uh, mm-hmm. that is often. Um, it's unappreciated, the going to lunches, the getting the groceries, the doing this, the doing that. But that child still steps up and does, does, does. And is so not appreciated, but still steps in and does uh, and provides in that role and does those things um, in servitude and in appreciation to a parent. And these children need somebody to vent to. And so, you know, I was hearing this story and uh, they were telling me that, you know, it's like I just I, I can't even take calls right now. I will pick up their prescriptions. I will do this, but I can't even take calls because they're dragging me down and mm-hmm. they're just being so ugly. And um, I just wonder how you deal with situations like that. If somebody presented you with something like that, where do you even begin? Well, actually, in the relationship restart, I hear those same things as well. And in that course I, is where I put that kind of information because um, I do know there are a lot of people out there. And it's tied to your self-care and recognizing some of the things that you just mentioned, that they're recognizing what the parent is saying and doing is dragging them down so that they, you know, even hesitate to take their phone call at this point. And what I encourage is have a scheduled time of self-care. No matter what you identify that is for yourself, whether it's an hour every morning where you're totally by yourself, reading, listening to music, exercising, whatever, and that don't let anything interrupt that. And then also... Get a team around you. I recommend two different teams, a family team and a support team. So a family team could be anybody else in that family. It doesn't have to be a sibling. It could be anybody else in that family that loves your parent like you do and solicit their help of whatever they can contribute and then access their willingness to contribute at any time and every time you access that then free yourself from something else that you're doing for them maybe similar to the same thing but something that you would give up because you've now solicited the willing help of another family person 
then also have a support team, whether it's professional people um, in the senior industry, in the medical industry, in the um, support group or something like that, that you can also get ideas from just vent to and that sort of thing and always utilize those two teams along with your self-care. Those are three things that you keep going and depend on for your sanity, really. Yes, because now one person's journey that is feeling so miserable, i.e. the aging parent, is now affecting, you know, the younger child's life experience. Mm -hmm. And now uh, they've both, you know, are uh, becoming miserable and their relationship is uh, certainly strained at at a minimum. But I also believe, Holly, that if that, adult child knows how to plan and how to communicate in a way that's going to solicit that parent to be co-creator in this plan and you're communicating in a different way, some of those problems that, you know, that person and many like them describe to you will eventually recede because we're factoring in new purposes, new desires, and goals and helping mm-hmm. them to reach those things, mm-hmm. which is then going to replace a lot of that whininess, if you will. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with uh, non-compliance? Um, some, uh, and how do you advise people to deal with somebody that's just completely non-compliant? Yeah, and, and that's a real thing. Um, they're not taking care of themselves, the parent is, and they're not doing what they need to be doing for a better life. Um, I don't take ownership of that if I'm their adult child. And if they don't have any malfunctions, so to speak, in their mental capacity, but they're clearly choosing Mm -hmm. that course, then I take little sabbaticals from them. And Mm -hmm. I let them know that I'm going to do that and why I'm going to do that and that I'm going to hope and pray that they will change their choices. And if at any point Mm -hmm. they make that decision to have a new choice, I'm back in here helping you um, figure out how to implement those new choices. Mm -hmm. Yes. And in in some ways, if they're really, you know, putting themselves at high risk, arm's way of being scammed or physically abused or whatever, some of that you have to report. Certainly, yes. Uh, if it's just general stubbornness, uh, that's one thing. Yeah, but general certainly. stubbornness, I'm mm-hmm. going to take little sabbaticals and mm-hmm. and really have the heart-to-heart discussion about this is the, the route that you're choosing, but I'm not choosing this for you, so I can't be a part of your choice. Right. So let me ask you, why do you feel that people are hesitant to uh, – get help? Why do they avoid this? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with a lot of seniors this day and age, when they think about the future and it's all the losses that they've gone through and they they can't picture a future besides what they knew when their own parent may be aged, which I hear this term a lot, those old people institutions 
then that's what they're digging their heels in trying to avoid. And the only way they know to do that is, you know, not plan, not get help, because they think that's the only help that's out there. Mm -hmm. And they don't want that. So sometimes just educating them on all the various senior living options, senior care options, all the things that we know that for the most part we have access to today, not as much in some of the really rural areas, but in some of the cities and definitely the bigger cities, there's so much more that is offered for seniors that they don't even know about, they've never checked out, they're not aware of. So they only in their mind think of one other thing and it's that horrible institution and they don't they're not, you know, gonna allow themselves to go there or think about that. Yeah, I do think that um it's so important to reach out and get the help. Collaboration seems to be the common thread here and I can see why that is so valuable. And uh I love the work that you're doing and people so need the direction and your expertise. I do invite people to look you up at endlesslegacy.com. And before I ask you the last question of the show, do you have anything final to share or add? I will share one more little bit of education that I have for people out there. I've developed a four-minute quiz. It's online. And in that quiz, there's all the categories needed to compile a plan for your parent who's aging. And you can find that quiz. There's no charge for the quiz. It's parentagingplanquiz.com. Takes you four minutes to take the quiz. And if anybody wants to take it and see what is involved in a plan, you'll be able to tell where you are, maybe what you're missing. I usually get a copy of the results. And you would be offered an email to get on a complimentary phone call with me. And we can talk about your next best move once I kind of get an idea where you are in the planning process. So that's another thing I want to throw out there to your audience, Holly, that I might be interested in. That's wonderful. That's parentagingplanquiz.com? Correct. Yep. Okay. And can they access that from endlesslegacy.com? They can. It's on the okay. home page of Endless Legacy. They can access the quiz as well. Wonderful. Okay. Always a pleasure, Rhonda Caudell. So let me ask you, how do you age gratefully? Well, I try to do what I teach, and that's finding new purposes for every year and year and year and head that I got, hopefully many, and finding new desires, new friends, and creating my own plan to avoid problems, and to fill my life with purpose and desires. I love it. Well, planning is so important in all of the things we do. Uh, Love your course title, Plan Together for uh, the Best Aging Journey. Um, Definitely um, wonderful as we age. And so I invite uh, listeners to visit you at EndlessLegacy.com. Always my pleasure, Rhonda. Um, And uh, you're certainly inspiring. And uh, so very much enjoy having you as a guest. So um, Thanks, Holly. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Aging Gratefully, and I'm your host, gerontologist Holly Kelly. 
If you don't yet subscribe, I invite you to do so and uh, join the Aging Gratefully subscriber, listener, family through iTunes or any other podcast venue of your choosing. This wraps up our show. May each of you age great and live full in the spirit of gratitude. Until we meet again, here's to living your best life now. I used to think time was my enemy My future wasn't looking good So worried about the things I couldn't see I couldn't see the things I could I was aging fearfully Worrying my life away When all along I should have been Thankful for every day Finally made a friend of time Now you could say that I'm Aging gratefully 